Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Aired out, intercepted. What a first half by the Commanders. But this is the first time they are trailing now in the second half this season. Caught Smith, touchdown. Well, this one is shot. Ball comes out. Commanders trying to close this out, and one first down will do just that. Now a flag, wow. and that's going to, in essence, end the game. Lost number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the ESPN app. It's right there on your phone. Scroll down to live radio, and you take us with you wherever you go. We're portable. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If we go look at that rich realtor, you join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call on line 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. We've been asking who's the most impressive player so far this season because Dan Orlovsky said if he keeps doing this, Justin Fields being the MVP conversation, we're saying, no, not MVP, but maybe most impressive considering he's got nothing around him. What's so funny? (laughs) You two are having a good time. I have to do all this work and you two just uh, goofing off. No. Well, that's the way it's always been. We've done all the work and all we do is sit and goof off. Look at that. Unbelievable. No, I was just telling Jay, I, I can't believe that I'm going to be able to go and stand on the sideline in the Final Four and act like I'm famous when SC gets He's there. He's talking about SC getting there. And I was yeah. like, are you going to wear like the uh, Southern Cal Realtor outfit that he has no, on? No, you wear USC And his LinkedIn gear. profile. USC his LinkedIn <laughs> profile. He's on uh, the Realtor. Yeah, but just think, <laughs> I get to go on the sidelines and stand yeah. around and act like I'm famous. Mm. Shades on Shades indoors. Of, you, no, stop. Why not? Indoors in a stadium with the shades on. I gotta say that what whole about thing. Four people around me. <laughs> that whole thing like about not wearing sunglasses indoors. Why is everyone worried about what someone else is wearing indoors? Someone yeah, but you on. don't need the sunglasses. Yeah. But fine, but but no. okay, fine. But you, so what? Are you but a sunglass indoor guy? No, but, but so it's what? like when the people I say, "I don't want anybody to know who I am." Like you're the only one wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But indoors, but but they just think it looks good. Or maybe they're hungover. You remember Jay because you were playing in the NBA, and you remember Max because you're covering sports. That became a thing. At the Laker games. Yeah, it did. The Laker, Laker games, games became a thing. You know, it was like everybody sitting Court on the side, floor yeah. would have su- – you'd be like, you're inside of a damn stadium. The stars were shining so bright, Key. They couldn't <laughs> even look. Oh. It was that or you were Jimmy Tickets. You know Jimmy Tickets at LA game? Old guy always with a crocodile uh, oh, the, Dundee you, hat. You're talking about the, the dude with all the different – Yeah, weird, leather on, yeah, yeah. always got three or four. But he doesn't have glasses on. No, no, but it was like it just – Jack – I think Jack was started probably the Jack Nicholas, first yeah. Yeah. one. Then everyone imitated. And then everybody, you started looking up, and all the celebrities, they have glasses indoors. It's like, can't are you watching a game? Can't do that in New York. It's not, it's not a New York thing. That's an L.A. thing, for sure. Yeah. Everything. Can't be seen courtside in New York with sunglasses. shades on. Nah, you'll get booed, I just man. don't. I never hated <laughs> on people who did it, though. Like, so what? Why do people care so much? Let it's them not, do, do what they want to do. It's not that people care, Max. It just looks... <laughs> Weird. Weird. Funny. Yeah, a little funny. <laughs> like in the club when we were younger with sunglasses. Yeah, it's dark already. Like it's dark already. Like, why do you, the what same do you... thing with the Bluetooth on in the club. It's just a, Who why? wears a Bluetooth in the club? Oh, me. <laughs> or in just any the area. blinking blue light in the middle of the club. You've never seen this before? No, I, just, no, I did used something. to wear my beeper even when it ran out of batteries. 
Just that's faking the funk. That's Faking the funk. Looking at the beeper like, hey, nothing going on. Yeah, but that's not. <laughs> it's your got no mom's texting you. Yeah, I got, like, I got, oh, yeah. So yeah. that's totally different than the sunglasses, though, Max. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sun, yes. The it sunglasses, is, when it's gray outside, is getting ready to rain. There's a, a word, there's a word for that. I won't use it on the air, but we'll just call it a jerk move. It's not, it's not, what I'm, it's not the word I'm thinking yeah. for, but thinking of but you know it's getting ready to rain in 20 minutes and you have sunglasses on <laughs> Inside it's dark. really dark gray <laughs> hey the commanders beat the eagles and that perfect season's over for the eagles they now got the loss a divisional game you sleep on the commanders a little bit washington um set its own pace it dominated time of possession two to one it's precisely 40 minutes and 24 seconds to 1936 for uh for the for Philadelphia, Washington had forty nine rushes, only got one hundred fifty two yards, so it's about three yards a carry, but three yards in a cloud of dust is the way they used to do it. Yeah, but those turnovers hurt Philadelphia big time. They turned the ball over going in to the end zone, like they're headed into end zones and turning the football over. You can't do that. Meantime, the NFC East got no team under five hundred. Commanders now at five and five. Giants all by themselves in second place. Cowboys. In third place now. Here's Jalen Hurts, the post-game presser on on uh, the time of possession situation. It's not the best feeling, um, but I think again, you know, you have different teams that have different approaches to how they want to go about the game, and they did an ex- excellent job on offense, executed at a high level. Um, I think for us, offensively, um, I don't think we we executed good enough. You know, we turned the ball over. I don't know how we weren't efficient enough. Nothing was enough, you know, and it's a lot of reflection being hap- uh, being held right now. And I think it's an opportunity for us to to grow. It's, a, it's another opportunity for us to grow. That is, you know, that that's the same message. You see, when people say, "Oh, that that's a loss," I'm like, "No, I never look at things as like that's a failure. That's a learning opportunity." And I think that's, that's what Jalen Hurts was able to do with what that. What is it with right? opportunity now? Everything's an opportunity for everybody. Well, no, I mean, it's always an opportunity. If you're playing professional football or any sport, making millions of dollars with a sport you love, you, you only want to get better at opportunity. it. Opportunity? I don't know. Just lost the game, man. Move on. <laughs> it's an opportunity. No, it's an opportunity it, to learn, learn. from your mistakes. Opportunity. All right. so, opportunity learning. to learn. Like, you know that's what happens, though, Max. Like, you mess up with something, yeah, right? Sure. You take the opportunity to then work on it to be better at it. I don't know. It's one of these real estate words, man. Real estate words? Yeah. It's an opportunity. No, it's an opportunity. You fumble, you learn next time. Okay, I got to clutch the football when I make it, the catch. I got to do these things. It's okay, a Max, how about, this? It's a learning how about this, Max? They had yeah. four turnovers yeah. last night. How many turnovers had, have the Eagles had on the year? I couldn't tell you off. Three. Two, three. Three. Yeah. Three. Well, listen, turnover three. differential. So like, so, turnover differential is a big thing. Yeah, so that. Opportunity, right? You learn about the fact. Okay, like they didn't know ahead of time that not to turn the ball over. Oh I'm just saying. You, you sound wanna... like such a non-sports guy right I, now. Oh, that's fine. It's just like opportunity. Everything's an opportunity. Yeah, stop it with the oppor- opportunity oh, to get better, man. Sure, sure, fine. It's an opportunity. Okay, so to get he, it's, he uses a di- what word do you want to use? I don't know. He called a learning experience. Like, damn, learning you want me to use a different is different word? than opportunity? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's an opportunity. Yeah, let's see. We're going to stay optimistic. Is it, if he said experience, does that make it better? Sure. Why? Sure. I don't know. Just uh, the opportunity. I don't like it. See, I, I, I can't talk to I, you. I, I, I can't talk to you right now. Just they, they, they took an L. It's okay. No, they did take an L. Yep. And it's their first L, and it's going to be better for them. Probably it, it'll be better for him because they don't have the pressure of trying to go undefeated or worry about those sort of things. And now it's a much it's a, a better opportunity to go ahead and win a division 
in an even a better opportunity once they get first round by, <laughs> yes, and they can that would be a good. There's another opportunity. If you if you win the if you get a first round by, you do have an opportunity to get to the championship game. That's for sure. Just like we're giving people an opportunity to win free cash on our 10k a day giveaway. That's See? an opportunity. It's an opportunity. That's right. That's an opportunity. That's what I'm talking about. You have an it's opportunity. You guys are lame. Every day. Wait, you, you sit up here and you talk about you like certain people that come on our show. Yeah. Right? Harry Douglas comes on our show. And what does he always say about what the day has in store? That you're like, I really like that outlook. Yes. Harry. Harry sells it, though. He sells it. You're not Harry, selling it. That's right. That, that apparently happens on Harry show. comes in bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And when he says opportunity, I'm like, that's right. It's an opportunity. This guy, man. I have an opportunity for you to purchase a piece of land, beachfront property, <laughs> by the Texas. way, in Arizona. Well, that would be a learning experience. <laughs> if, you, if you went ahead and bought that, that would be a learning experience. Are, are you concerned after the Eagles' loss? By the way, who is the second best team in the NFC East? Are you asking? Are you asking? I'm asking, yeah. asking. I don't. Oh. I would say the Cowboys. <laughs> I'd say the Cowboys. I think that's right. Yeah. I think the Cowboys and Eagles, we were just talking about crosstalk. With uh, DiPietro and Roth- Rothenberg, I was just talking to those guys. I, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the Giants I, could I win the, the division Giants conceivably. Are. It's possible. I think the Giants are. They could do what? They could win the division. I don't think, I don't think they're winning the division. They, they got two losses. I will say I, loss I, off the there is something about the Cowboys. Penalties, once again, like top seven in the league, right? And critical plays down the stretch. There's no doubt the Cowboys are the more talented team. They're definitely the more talented team. But the execution in the trenches – there's a tendency for me to trust the Giants a little bit more. They, maybe because, Key, like what you say about how when you have to go on the road and you don't, and you don't have a bye and it prepares you better for the – the Giants have had to play a disciplined brand of football in order to get to where they are. They, they haven't had the leeway to make mistakes the way the Eagles and Cowboys have. They don't have enough talent. So maybe they're better prepared in some of those tight games, right, because they've been through that. A – Who's the second best team in the NFC East? 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Guys, the KJM 10K a day giveaway. Every hour, we are giving away $2,500. We give you the winning word. You text the 777-000. And the winning word today at 10 after the hour is... Jay, you want to do the honors? Opportunity! Opportunity! Now, here's an opportunity... (laughs) To win twenty five hundred, O P P O R T U N I T Y opportunity. You text it to triple seven triple zero, and you have a chance to win twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, we'll do it every weekday from now until the end of the show, December seventh. Uh, no purchase necessary. Ends December seventh, twenty twenty two. See complete official rules at ESPNRadio.com slash contest. So, guys, Stephen A says that. The weak link in Dallas is Dak Prescott. The weak link. Listen to this. One could easily argue that when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Dak Prescott is the weak link. What we have been lamenting is whether or not Dak Prescott can be that dude when it really, really counts because we're still waiting after all of these years. You just brought up Cooper Rush. Right. All right, and how his QBR is 10 points higher in the same amount of games. That's an indictment when you're a star quarterback who's got paid $95 million over the last two years. Mm. Is he right? Is Dak the weak link key? No, I don't think he's the weak link at all. I I, I just look at it. I look at it different than maybe a Stephen A. 
or maybe a U Max or whatever, because I'm looking at the what ifs. If this person did that, if that I don't person think of him as a weak this, link. I don't think he's a weak I'm link. I'm just saying I may I look at it a little different when I approach it. I don't think he's a weak link. What I think is happening to him though is time is a running out, right? I didn't realize it was seven seasons. He's only really played six seasons. So when you start to get into that eighth and ninth season and you really haven't capitalized on anything, your chances are you're just going to be a guy at that point. You, and, and I mean winning, getting to a Super Bowl, getting the NFC Championship games. People like Matt Ryan isn't just a guy because Matt Ryan got his team to the Super Bowl, even though they lost. Time had started to run out on him, and Matt hit and got him there. Because it was like, well, is Matt ever going to do Like, come on. And he got him to the Super Bowl. And this is kind of where Dak is at. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll fall right into the Danny White, Tony Romo category. Mm-hmm. He'll fall right into that. So similar to Kirk Cousins. And I'm not saying, like, the talent is equal, because I see Dak as more talented. Yep. But it's almost like, well, you got <laughs> this type of money, which equates to the elite of the elite quarterbacks – but then when your play doesn't live up to that, then we start to really question whether you're the guy. So, Key, you may mention this before. Like, the, the pay is higher than what the quality of the QB really is. Yeah, you know, he reminds me actually more of Derek Carr in the sense that both of them check a lot of boxes, but the talent isn't pitched as high as other guys who check the boxes. So, it's like they can get into the the beautiful people's club, if the light hits them right and they got their best suit on and the whole thing. But if the, when the, once the lights come up, the, you know, the strobe light effect, once the lights come up and you look at them close, you go, mm, they're not supposed to be See, in this yeah, room. It's hard for me to say because I'm all about athletes getting their money key. I'm all about athletes getting money. Cause it's, money. It's, well, it's based upon time and situation, what the market dictates you can get, but the expectations that come along with the money that you get from the outside world, like, that's what I feel like Dak is living under that pressure. Dak has a lot of talent. He's a very talented quarterback. He manipulates throws. I, I like it when it comes out of his hand, the way it spins in the air. It's all catchable balls. It's just that he hasn't taken the next step. What is the next step? Well, the next step for me would be his third and three. I know right now I'm going to hang in here. I'm going to let – you know what? Never mind. I'm pulling it. I'm going to go get this what first What Mike T said earlier. I'm going to go get this first down on my own regardless to what they're telling me to do. And I think for whatever reason, and it happens to many black quarterbacks, many of them. They get hoodwinked into not running. You yeah. get hoodwinked <laughs> yeah. into not yeah. running because people will start to, oh, well, he needs to throw See the ball better. See that thing that you can do? You, if you do it, you're proving inferiority somehow. And what, the, what a hoodwink. They did it to Michael Vick. Yeah. They tried to do it to Randall Cunningham for years. In fact, Warren Moon had to go to Canada to show that he could play quarterback. Yeah, white quarterback can run all he wants. Daniel Jones, Josh, I'll never have to think twice about t- tucking it and running. And I think some of that has gotten in the way of Dak Prescott just being Dak Prescott. Yeah. Just do what you do. Yeah, right. And, 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 if, and we're all susceptible to this. We're susceptible to wanting to disprove stereotypes, to prove people wrong, to show that we can do the thing we're supposed to do. And when you start doing that, it messes up your game. You know, it's just like a basketball, Jay. You know, it's like, well, I'd like to see him shoot more threes. Well, he's not a three-point shooter. And then all of a sudden, he keeps hearing it. So he's going to go out there and prove I can shoot threes. Meanwhile, you're 2-19 and 19 from three-point <laughs> range. Get, get the, right, down right, low. Right, and right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so that's what happened. I think that some of that is 
falling in line with Dak Prescott. On top of Kellen Moore's got to do a better job of understanding. Uh-huh. Don't fall in love with Dak Prescott. Fall in love with the game plan and what got you to this point. This was the big question about the Dallas offense once Cooper, once Dak came back and take Cooper Rush out. Will they continue to be disciplined and stay with the blueprint? Well, they did for the first two games. But then they reverted back to, okay, let's drop him back. Yeah, let's yeah. drop him back. Yeah. When Tony Pollard was gashing the, the – So, the, it's the, the same as the Packers. Eagles last night, though, man. I feel like certain games, you have trap games. Yeah, you ain't going like to win every Packers game. Come on, five man. in a row. Like, oh, we're going to beat up on the Packers. Yeah, but but no, Jay, but Jay is right in in that sense too. Like we can overanalyze this, man. You're not going undefeated. You're going to lose a couple. Like you're not going to pick the Eagles against the NFC Championship game. I'm still going to pick the Eagles when it's all said and done. They just lost a divisional rival. Probably, yeah, probably. Eh? Yeah, the Eagles had a sloppy game. They missed the face mask. They had a roughing the passer. They didn't have to call like opportunities to win it. Yeah, like but and the Commanders aren't bad. They're five and five on the season now. Yeah, they're bad. They're five and five in the in one in the second toughest division in football, maybe the toughest. Yeah, they were the weak link. They're not the they're a five hundred team. They're not the weak link anymore. Think, in that I, I don't think anybody's lining up to think that they're getting ready to do anything. Come on, no, now. they got that post Carson Wentz bump a little I'll bit. I'll tell you what though, that was a very emotional, like locker room talk by Ron Rivera. Though. You can see the emotions. Yeah, man. Ran, I mean, they're going when through he ran a off lot. The field. They're going through a lot, man. Yeah, they're going through they a lot are. for him to keep that team together, for them to fight for him like that. That says something about his character. You're right, Jay. By the way, you know what the Raiders did last year? They off the field stuff, the more serious, but they're 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 doing something. Dak may not be the biggest question mark for the Cowboys. What are the remaining questions, the major ones, for the following title contenders? Though, hey, Shannon. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Why don't you reel them off? So I want yeah, I want to get in on this. Yeah, a quick fire here, guys. We don't won't be too long, so we can get through a couple teams. But I want to ask you, what's the biggest remaining question that these title contenders have? Key, I'll start with you. Philadelphia Eagles. What's the biggest question mark remaining for the Eagles? Trying to figure out how to sure up the front seven so they can stop the run on the defensive side of the ball. I think just handling expectations, which I actually think they're they're doing. I think Jalen Hurts finds a way to say, no, we're not too high, we're not too low, we're even kill. I totally agree with Jay. I don't see many – like, that's a very well-balanced team. they got to just stay focused. All right, Key, what's the biggest remaining question mark for the New York Giants? Are they going to be able, if they get into one of these shootout-type games, are they going to be able to count on Daniel Jones to sprinkle the ball all over the lot to some of those receivers? Yeah, I'll say can Saquon Barkley continue to carry the load – I mean, 35 carries last week is a huge workload. Can he continue to play at this level? I actually think the key is, can Daniel Jones, once games get tight and more meaningful, continue to protect the ball? He had a fumbling problem, a turnover problem. He seems to have gotten rid of it this year. But when stuff gets tight and the game's on the line, will Daniel Jones continue to protect the ball? To me, that's the biggest question. If he can, they're going to the playoffs. All right, Key, what's the biggest remaining question mark for the New York Jets? Same thing is for Daniel Jones. When you are now in this battle with Tua in the playoffs, can you duplicate some of the same success that Tua may be having when you see him in the playoffs? Can you deliver the football in rhythm, in sync, without being harassed, without dropping back 40-something times? Can you do that and be successful? Yeah, I'll say can they continue, as games get bigger and bigger each week, let's – the Jets haven't been in really big games as meaningful, and I think we'll start to see how they handle that pressure down the stretch. All right, Key, what's the biggest oh. – re- oh, no, I just skipped me. That's okay. 
right, go ahead. Hey, Skip Bayless. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what? It, it, Skip, look, they're very talented. Skip, the question and- is, can Zach Wilson in year two you know, make those strides when the games get meaningful? It's, it's very early on in his career. Go ahead. All right, Key, what's the biggest uh, remaining question mark you have for the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't have any. They just need to continue to keep doing what they're doing. I don't, I don't have any at all. I have no problem whatsoever the way that they play. None. Zero. Yeah. Zilch. Just curious where the Bills will be health-wise when the playoffs come around. Can they get by him again? I think Spagnola's defense, right? Can he, he – look, he has, he has won – he's a championship defense in his career as a coordinator – He's got to do that again, and sometimes sometimes it's a little bit shaky, but it's been better recently. All right, Jay brought up the Bills. Key, what's the biggest question mark remaining for the Buffalo Bills? The biggest question mark for me is at the quarterback position. Can he eliminate some of the late-game bonehead decisions, so to speak, that he makes in turning the football over? Yeah, I would say that's my biggest takeaway, biggest question. Also, can they get healthy? In the secondary especially because yes. they have a three-level defense if the secondary is healthy, and if not, they're vulnerable. I think they just lost somebody. Again. All right, one more team here. One remaining biggest question remaining for the Minnesota Vikings, Key. What you got? Is Jay Will going to bet on Kirk Cousins to win the MVP? No, just kidding. Um, I, don't really, I don't really have any major question marks for the Vikings. They're so far out in front in their division. They're going to go to the playoffs. But can they beat those other teams when it matters most? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers, those type of teams that could be that they see in the playoffs, that they could see in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, people are waiting for the bottom to fall out. Can they continue to win these nail-biter type games? Yeah, I would say the biggest is when you have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, a mid-pack quarterback, the question is when the playoffs roll around, can they play – above their normal level. Nick Foles did it. Eli Manning did it, right? You could point to guys who weren't Superman during the regular season, but with the chips on the line, became championship-level quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins is going to have to do that. He's going to have to play his best football when it matters most because you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to play his best football when it matters most. He could just play his football, you know, normal. Kirk Cousins is going to have to elevate. He's going to have to limit the mistakes and elevate in pressure situations. We'll see if he can do it. All right, that's it. That's all. We went through all the teams. We want to hear from you. Who's the most impressive player so far this season? Because Dan Orlovsky was saying Justin Fields should be in the MVP conversation if he keeps this up. I disagree with that, but maybe the most impressive, considering he's doing this with very little around him. Plus, Bill Cower calls the Jeff Saturday hire. Our guy, Jeff Saturday, is 1-0 right now as a head coach. Bill Cower called the hire... Quote, a disgrace to the profession. We're going to get into that next. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Colts fired coach Frank Reich in the middle of his fifth season with the team. One day after one of Indy's worst offensive performances in 25 years. You have Gus Bradley, you have John Fox, and we're turning to Jeff Saturday to be the interim coach for the rest of the season? Let's go, Jeff. Let's go, Jeff. I'm rooting for him. He's really smart. I think he's insightful. I think he can lead men. I mean, just completely shocked and floored. And I think over time, he'll do a really good job. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. It is the 10K giveaway here on KJM through December 7th. 10 after every hour. We have a winning word. You text us at 777-000. And uh, you have the opportunity to win $2,500. That's the winning word this hour, opportunity. Text it to triple seven triple zero. So that's our guy, Jeff Saturday, out of the blue, gets the head coaching job, interim head coach, with the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, it's a bad high. You know, week one, pops a win. Week one, told you, one and zero. Now he says he's going to run the table. And listen, there's been a lot of talk around white privilege and you know skipping oh. the line and everything with Jeff Saturday. All I can tell you is this: that's my dude. <laughs> I, I'm psyched that he's the head coach of the Colts, and so far, so good. Bill Cower, however, did not like the hire. This is what he said, CBS NFL analyst on the NFL Today. Jeff Sari talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume, to see whether or not he can coach in the future. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, the guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building, guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox, don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. All right, look, he skipped the line. I get it. I mean, that, that's my dude, so I just, I, not, I'm not, no, 
no Jeff Saturday slander here, and I could see his bedside manner is excellent. Like, I could see why a team would respond to him. Um, he's a smart guy. He is charismatic. He's uh, knows football. And by the way, guys, kept it simple week one, right? Like, just old school football. <laughs> what do you think about Bill Cower, though, saying it's a disgrace to the profession, Key? Well, I could certainly see where Bill Cower's coming from. But times have changed in the way people approach things in sports. A lot of people skip lines. Cliff Kingsbury skipped the line. Jeff Saturday wouldn't be the first. There's guys that are, you know, he mentioned John Fox. John Fox had had a, a, a bite at the apple a thousand times over. Yeah, and John, was good. He, he was, was good. fine. He went to Super Bowl. He's good. But he's had his bite at the apple, right? So, you know, Gus Bradley, the team, is the team going to respond to Gus Bradley? You know, Reggie Wayne's there. Maybe there was an opportunity for Reggie Wayne, but maybe Reggie Wayne doesn't have the type of trust in relationship that one would have with Jim Ursay, the owner. Also, it's an interim spot, Jay. Like, this is not really a good spot. The Colts have a, a tough schedule. It's, you know, if you were looking to have a long-term solution at coach, I don't think you put him into this interim spot. If Jeff makes hay here and, like, wins games, he's exceeding expectations. So Jim Mersey has already responded. He put out on his Twitter page, quote, all you critics, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who you crapping? Just win, baby. Win. Hmm. Well, just win, baby. Okay, he took that one from the late Al Davis and the Raiders, I see, after he popped them. But look, man, in the end, I'm happy for Jeff. If I had a relationship with one of these owners, like Jeff had with the Indianapolis Colts, if I had a deep relationship with owners, I have relationships with them, but not deep. You want to hear what Jeff had to say about this? Absolutely. So in Peter King's Football Morning in America column, Jeff Saturday himself responded to the criticism of his hiring by Bill Cower. Ready for this? Here's the quote. I respect his opinion, you know? Here's the thing. God is my defender, man. I don't have to defend myself. I am absolutely comfortable in who I am. I respect all those guys. Whoever has whatever negative opinion, I can assure you it's not going to change who I am or what I believe I'm called to do. I have no idea, and I still don't, how successful I'll be. But we're going to work hard at it, and I believe I can lead men and lead the staff. I'm excited about the opportunity. Like, even the way he handled that, there are some people who show up, and I, I, I don't want to pick on Joe Judge in New York, but he showed up and presented, I'm a tough guy, I have all the answers, and it didn't come off as authentic. Whereas Dayball shows up, and he's like, yeah, I asked the guys, should we go for it? Remember when they went for it early with Saquon? It just, he brought everyone along with him. Jeff has that kind of personality. It, it's not the Jeff Saturday hire that I think bothers a lot of people. I think it's the overall sentiment of what happens that the NFL is trying to, you know, this illusion that they're trying to do more for, you know, diversification as it relates to head coaches. It, it's the combination of, of both, right? And for anybody that acts like big business is meritocracy, it's not. It doesn't work that way, guys. I mean, it, it's a relationship business. No, it is. And at the end of the day, if you have a relationship with somebody, it doesn't matter if you're more or less qualified, that relationship gets your foot in the door, whether it's, you like it or it's, not. It's almost like my relationship with USC. If USC, if I was really into coaching and I wanted to do it, I'd be one of the first dudes up on deck at USC in an interim situation or a regular situation. But I don't want to coach. But my relationship is so strong with the university, if I said, you know, I'll, let me get a shot at this thing. The people, the powers that be that make the decisions, they'd sit back and go, 
wonder if he can do it. I wonder if he really could do it. When you have a relationship like Jeff has, then it's great. Where the NFL dropped the ball, and I bet you it get corrected and fixed in the offseason. Interim. Is the interim yeah. label on the on the Rooney rule. That's not in there. That, but it's going to be in there after this and season. And the Rooney loopholes. rules. It's like taxes. Yeah. You're like, oh, you didn't pay. Well, there's loopholes that you can find out. You don't have to pay your taxes and to a degree. The Rooney rule, Jay, is, <laughs> is trying to address what you're talking about, which is you need to, like – you need to build relationships. You need to get people in the door, right, yeah. in terms of diversity, hiring, and, and diversity. Like, really, when you think about it, how many black coaches are there in, in, out of 32 teams? The league is 75% but, black. But Bill, If Cowboy, anything, it should be only a handful of white coaches. But Bill really? Cowboy's like, just not talking about the black or white. I thing. know. He's talking about professionalism. About and, about and, professionalism yeah. because Bill Cowboy didn't realize, and nor does he want to realize, that it's harder to do what we're doing than it is the coach on the sideline. Because Jeff Saturday just showed that by coming off of KJM and his one little appearance that he makes with us every single uh, week, his hit, and he goes right to the field. Even though a lot of people are doing the work, he goes there, and he's the face of the team, and they win. I'm not sure it's easier, man. No, it's a joke. No, no, I, uh, Jay. I, I, but I think what people are saying, like even like him delegating play calling, like yes. him being a, a game manager, that, that that is what a CEO is. Well, as long as you right? know, you delegate that's responsibility. As long as you know that's what you're supposed to do, you don't have to have control of everything. You let your office of coordinators so you have and a your staff. head coach. That's why you have a staff and you have in good terms, assistants to do their job. In terms of what we were getting at, though, with like white privilege and all that stuff, we haven't it does, brought that up on it this. Does, show. Yeah, but it's part of the conversation. We don't ignore that stuff either. But it does. It, uh, well, I, I, it look I in in Jeff Saturday's case. I'm not saying that it. That, though, it applies. Well, the the overarching thing here is that is that. Who has the relationships to get their foot in the door? Right? That's what I just said. Right. That's that's the old, so he had it, but what's he supposed to do? Turn down the opportunity. He took the job. Yeah, he's no, not going I don't in. want to go hire Marvin yeah. Harrison. He wasn't going to do. That. He's not going. He's not beating his chest. I'm the best, and I deserve this. He's saying I'm grateful for the opportunity, and I don't know if I'll be good or not, Look, but I'm going to try my best, and I think I will be and good. And along the way, he was a consultant with the team. Yeah, right. It's not like he has so no the conversations. Experience. Yeah. The conversations were going on already. About what they should do moving forward. It's a great opportunity, which is this winning word, this hour. Opportunity. You texted to triple seven triple zero, and you've entered for your chance to win twenty five hundred dollars. What was Derek Carr really saying with his emotional post game comments? From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio or watch on ESPN Two. Keyshawn J Will and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Willamax, ESPN Radio. What was 
Derek Carr guys really saying with his emotional post-game comments. Let's listen to those comments first. He was asked, is there a disconnect between, in the, between the team this season? Wait, wait, what, hold on, Shannon. There's, is there a disconnect between the team, meaning um, internally? I'm right. reading, is there a disconnect? I don't know what the question asked was, but I'm reading between the team. I, I assume that means internally. Is there a disconnect between the team this season? So, but between the team and the front office and the coaching Maybe staff? In the team. Or within the team? That's, it's, well, it's unclear, but let's hear his answer and try to extrapolate. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like, just so we could be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off, if I'm being honest. Ah, is there a disconnect between him and Josh McDaniels was the question. Is there a disconnect between between Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. It is still unclear to me if he's talking about other players on the team or the coaching staff and the players just, or the front office and the players. You just said him and Josh McDaniels. Yes, but he, but when he refers he, then – go ahead, Jay. No, I, I think his answer kind of – it seems like it was more about everybody in that room. I, I think typically when an athlete says that, they're not talking about the coaching staff. See, I, I, I talking I, I, more about the players. But he the went line. out of his it's way to sound, talk about how everyone's going through all this yeah, stuff to get out I, on the field. Yeah, he, it seemed like he was talking positively about the players, the things that they have to do to work so hard to get on the field, their bodies, just to get out of the bed, all of those sort of things. And then he says, "Everybody, I wish everybody felt the same in that room. So I'm thinking he's talking about in the locker room behind him as he's doing a press conference opposed to upstairs, and you know what which to me sounds like he's talking about the coaching staff in the front office because they're not doing everything with their bodies to get on the field. Yeah, you know what tips it to me is when he talks about for that to be the result, he's saying we're gi- – it sounds to me we like he's saying – We're giving you everything, everything and you we give got. bad play. And the, and, right, and so, something, yeah. something's going on. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds that way it to does. me. It does. But, Jay, like you that. think that he's talking about – and it could be either one. He's talking about not everyone in the locker room I, doing I, what's I, required. I, I think he's saying specifically that he knows a lot of guys that are doing everything that they can do in order to win, but not everybody's bought in. Yeah, see, that could easily also be it. That's not what I hear, but I could see that interpretation. Oh, it, it certainly could be that interpretation, but I, I, if, if I was a Jay and I was a betting man, I'd bet that he's talking about the front office and but the see, head coach. But see, I don't, have, you, have we ever heard Derek Carr ever take a shot at any coach? But, it, but heard, if the question I've is, I, I know, but like, I've never, even if it was a subliminal way, like, that's not, like that's not Derek Carr. What's Rex Ryan's interpretation? ESPN NFL analyst here. He was on this program yesterday, and this was his interpretation of that sound. 
One of the most powerful press conferences I've seen in years was Derek Carr's. But Derek Carr, when he sat in there and he's crying on the deal, and he talked about all these type of deals, to me was he was talking to the locker room. He's trying to get this team behind the coach, it sounded like to me. And where clearly there's people in that locker room that apparently aren't That's with it. it. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to in see In the locker happens. room or in the front office? It no, seems I, no, it sounded, I he, was he was speaking to the locker room. He was speaking to the locker room. It's legit. Like, I could be, based on the information we have, either interpretation's possible. Okay, so if that's being said, why would Mark Davis be asked about the faith of Josh McDaniels? Of Josh McDaniels. Well, they're losing a lot. So this is what what Mark Davis said. He told ESPN that he's going to be patient with his first-year head coach and the program he's building. Here's the quote. People in today's world want instant gratification. The guys coached nine games. We're two and seven. Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, we've lost six one-score games with the ball and a chance to win at the end. I mean, that points out something that's true. If Six times you have a chance to win in a one-score game at the end of the game, and it's the guy's first year on the job. Here's my thing. All, a lot of these owners have, have massive egos, right? So if you're telling me within the span of a year, he found out about John Gruden, had to make that decision, moved on, Richard Versace was in that place, interim head coach. They started winning. He found the next head coach in Josh McDaniels. Gave him the, he's not going to fire this guy nine, ten games into the regular season and admit to being wrong. He's going to give him a legitimate shot to prove whether he's What's wrong. What's a legitimate shot, Jay? How many one-score give, give him a season. So, See if so, he can actually turn around like the team's energy. And do you mean by the – I would say by the based on what I'm hearing from Mark Davis – Middle of next season. If they're in this same position middle of next season, I think Josh McDaniel's out of there. That's my guess. What do you think? I don't know, man. If if you have a fan base as passionate as Raider fan base and you look up and you two and fifteen so after you, you just the made the playoffs. So you say you give him the season. You That's know, it, just I one just, season. I, I don't know. Mark Davis has said things in the past and gone back on those things. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, he wanted to hold on to John Gruden as a coach. And then he realized, you know what, I probably can't do that. Right. So, you just I, – I would I would wait to the end of the year and see what happens. But if I was the owner, one, I would have never hired Josh McDaniels. I would have rolled with Rich Passaccia. But now, two, I could cut bait. I just, yeah. I just have to cut bait. Yeah. I, 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 it just doesn't – this is the second time that he's been a head coach. And it seems like it's not working. Man, it, man, if I were the owner, I'd get a haircut. What? <laughs> How? I would. I would get a haircut. He-Man? I, I mean, would get a haircut if I were He does have a He-Man haircut. Yes, instead of, instead of battling Skeletor, I would get a haircut. That's right. How much does Monday's loss change how you view the Eagles? Perfect season over. But Eagles still in first place. Does the loss change the way you see him? That's coming up. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Willemax live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.